Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Beers, Bongs, and Battle Axes. I'm Marcelo, joined by Mike, and today we have a very, very special uh, episode we wanted to feature. One of my friends who I've been wanting to get on for a while, because she's a multi-talented, multi-faceted artist in writing uh, movies, uh, directing, uh, a bunch of other things. She's even done some uh, some music videos she's edited, and also because it is Women in Horror Month. Uh is it really? I did not know that. It is, yeah. There are a ton of women in horror, and this just happened to work out coincidentally, so we're just going to say that it worked out, and we've planned this all along. So if you enjoy women in horror, which there are a ton of artists that I am looking through. We were, we've talked before about uh, who's done Raw Julia. Uh, uh, cool. I cannot pronounce her last yeah, name. Uh, her and uh, <laughs> her. It's like uh, De Corneau or something like yeah, that. Uh, yeah, Decou, Decou Tourneau, I believe. Um, who has Catherine Bigelow, who's done Near Dark, uh, plenty of other, uh, the woman who has directed The Babadook, whose name I will get right now. Jennifer Kent. Jennifer Kent, thank you. There are plenty of women, and we obviously support them uh, in and out throughout the whole thing. We're not trying to clap ourselves on the back, but this month we do want to feature our friend Keena McFarland, who we've been wanting to have for a while. So welcome, Keena. Thank you. We, uh, you were telling us, so besides horror and that, you said that you were saying before how you, your horse kicked you near your crotch. Uh, yeah. Your, your, your horse's name, uh, Maddie, right? Yes, short for matinee. I love that. That is good. I like that a lot. I was actually going to ask how, where the name came about. How long well, how long have you had Maddie? Is it just is it still under a year, I believe? Yeah, under a year. It's been eight months maybe. Um Maddie actually comes from a screenplay that I've been writing. Oh, nice. <laughs> Can you tell us anything about it or you gotta keep the cards close to close to the vest right now? Um I can tell you a little bit about it. It's kinda like a social media influencer kind of thing. Um, where fame is like the evil corruption kind of thing. Okay. That sounds very and yet, I like it. But it's also very, very inspired by John Hughes movies. Ooh, really? Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty sweet mashup right there. What what's uh any John Hughes movies in particular? I I, I would say the obvious choice pretty would be the Breakfast Club. Oh, pretty in pink. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is is this going to be horror related? Like, is Ducky gonna you're gonna kill him after the big musical part? <laughs> it is horror, but there is no. Um, I mean, I guess there is a romance in it, but it's not really like that. It's more like inspired by the relationship between uh, the father and daughter. Okay. Okay. I cannot wait to read it or see it. Um. I was going to ask, have you seen, that kind of reminded me, did you happen to ever see Anna and the Apocalypse? I don't know if you have a mic. Yes, I saw it. I saw a premiere of it. It was awesome. Oh, really? Okay. You Was it like the world premiere or just like the Seattle premiere or just a regular? Uh, I don't know. It was like, I think it was a probably a test screening or a pre-screening kind of thing. That's awesome. I, don't remember. I was helping with promotions of it, I think. At oh, the time. okay. Oh, that's really cool. I recommend it to everybody. It's literally just like a horror comedy musical of high school kids, and there's a zombie apocalypse that breaks out. And it's actually Absolutely like catchy songs. It. That sounds right up my alley. It's, that sounds fantastic. It came out from uh, Scotland, I believe. Lead with that next time, sir. <laughs> Scotland? <laughs> I know you love Scottish things, you Scottish bastard. I thought you, you were Irish. Scottish. Tyler's Scottish. Irish. Oh, Tyler's Irish. I apologize. Are you Scottish at all, Kina? Um, technically. <laughs> I like it. Technically correct. <laughs> Best kind of correct. I mean, how far? How far do you want to go? Because I've got like I've got everything. Like, really? Have German, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, Spanish. You oh, you Spanish? Yeah. Wow. What about Ethiopian? I have no clue. Although I do know. Um, 
Moorish. Moorish is probably so like kind of Arabian. Oh wow, yeah. Jesus, here the United Nations over there. <laughs> According to Ancestry.com, my last name comes directly from the Moors. I yeah. was gonna ask. Actually. Yeah. So I don't know if that means I actually have any Moorish blood in me, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I even decided to bring that up. <laughs> well, you know, Mike hasn't been the same ever since he directed Bowling for Columbine. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> let's, let's not talk about that. I've been get, getting compared to that man since I was nine he, years old. He, he hates being known as the greatest comedian in the world and director, uh, writer, director Michael Moore, <laughs> famous yeah. for Roger and me. Uh, Marcelo, you're going to be the death of me, my friend. <laughs> okay, Kino. So with you being a very, I, I went and watched some of your, your short films and that. So before we dig into those, in film and writing, who are your biggest influences? Uh, I don't know anymore. Hold on, let me think. I know yeah. Chuck Palahniuk is a huge influence in my writing. Did you ever, uh, did you happen to read the book that he did that was just a whole book that's a diatribe on writing? Consider this. Yes. I am in, I am in the middle of it. I actually uh, stood in line to, to get it signed. Oh, that's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Did he, I did have... he, oh, go what? ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. No, I, I apologize. It's all you. Um, no, I was just going to say, like, I have um, a few times gone to his signings which he's like probably one of the best people to meet for signings because he really wants to make time for people. Did he, and then, did he give out like anything wacky? Cause in the book he was talking about during the, uh, the fight club, uh, like early signings and then he would do like fake, um, Oh God. Uh, like arms. He had and, an like, arm. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So he did do that. I don't think he did that for consider this. I actually don't know what he did for consider this. If he did anything. All I know is I tried to win some of those arms and I never got one and I'm so upset. <laughs> Besides uh Paul and Nick, any any other ones that come off to the top of your head? Uh Maggie Stiefvater, Neil Gaiman, writing wise. Um I try to think like film wise. I was always into like Tom Savini and Wes Craven. Oh god, I miss the days when Tom Savini was the king of special effects. I Yeah. It, I'm just looking at his picture on my wall right now. <laughs> Tom Savini? He's a yeah. handsome fella. You have a picture of Tom Savini on your wall? Yeah, I do. It's <laughs> That is awesome. I it's... met him at a, at a convention like in 2009. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I, I, so admit, I have, oh, I have I admit... a wall of autographs right Oh. For some reason, I imagine like him in a boy band pose, you know, like <laughs> frosted to 90s. Hair and yeah. Everything. Or just like the shirt halfway <laughs> up and it's like one ab. <laughs> and it's just like. Tom's I don't team. have anything like that anymore. What What was the one that you did have that was of that? Um, I want to say Justin I mean, Timberlake. I had a literal entire room. Like, <laughs> I don't want to get into my my creepy stalker boy band past. But, yes, I was I was a um, huge Backstreet Boys fan. And wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I preferred them over in sync at one point. Well, I was always I, a 98 Degrees kind of guy. Oh, 98 Degrees is actually from my hometown. Um, <laughs> this is so this is so stupid. My dentist was related to the two brothers. <laughs> really? Nick Lachey? Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to. I want to meet them. That's so stupid. Anyway, and then I, I, oh, Marcelo, remember when I had you like look through the, the concert, the Disney concert for me? I, I was gonna bring this up. Yeah, you, yeah, she said yeah. that she was at the. Uh, there's a, ninety eight degrees concert from Disney Channel that she was in, and I was like scooping it like scene by scene, and I, I saw someone that looked kind of like her, but I could never, truly idea it. And uh, it was 98 Degrees and someone else. Hoku. Look at that. Yeah, Hoku. That's who it was. Never even <laughs> heard of Hoku. She's like this white girl who I think was trying to be Hawaiian. 
or she no, was? she's the daughter of a Hawaiian singer. Oh, there you go. She's very light skinned. Mm-hmm. So it was like we're giving you insta push. <laughs> I uh, Don Ho. That's who she's the daughter yeah. of Don Ho. Okay. Yeah. So she was just like, oh, we gotta fucking get her immediately. So her name was Hoku Ho. A stage she was name. actually really cool. I liked her actually. Yeah, you. So were you up front or? I was kind of remember? lost in a sea of bodies. I have no idea. <laughs> As it usually goes with concerts. I, was, I absolutely hated it. It was like that was the definitive moment for me, where I was like, every time I go to a concert from now on, I am getting to the very front. Because like I was in the middle and I was gonna pass out, and my friend who I was with, I was like, hey, I need to sit on that uh, railing that you're sitting on. She's like, no. I'm like, great, thanks. <laughs> You're a good friend. I'm gonna be like 16, just like passing out in this crowd. Anyway, you uh, you were saying your dentist was related to the uh, the brothers of 98 Degrees, where I used to work at at Costco. The lead pharmacist there was the brother of Tim Allen. That's a that's... random ass fact. Yeah. Wow. And you, you wouldn't believe it, but he's on Facebook, and he has like. Tim Allen's like personal Facebook because his last name's Dick, so it's Timothy Dick, and it's just Tim Allen just posing. Oh wow! It's the weirdest thing to be part of a town that loves Tim Allen. <laughs> that is really amazing. If you could be related to somebody who's a celebrity, who would it be? Trey Parker. I'm... Hmm. I think I still want Jim Carrey to be my dad. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you love Jim Carrey a lot because you were saying you weren't you like in a long line to get an autograph from him or to like meet him or something. It was like a meet and greet. Oh, no, I I did like the when his memoir came out, I was online for like the the video uh, Zoom call thing. Oh, OK. Yeah. So you, you I was like, like thousands in there, but I do have his autograph. Um, When I was in the fourth grade, I sent a fan letter. And his agency, I assume, sent me an autograph picture back. <laughs> With a rubber stamp signature? <laughs> no, I th- I'm pretty sure it was printed because you could see the dots on it. But oh, I, I cherished it forever, though. I brought it to school with me. And I had it sitting in my flute uh, music sheet folder. Oh, you were you played flute? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you ever continue that, or was it just like a oh, I got to play something in in high school or music or middle I school? I hated flute. It was a hand me down. I did not want to play it. I wanted to play guitar, but they didn't offer guitar in school bands. <laughs> have you have you learned since then to play guitar? Oh yeah, I have a guitar. How how I've, good are you? Not good. <laughs> I can play some chords, and I can. Um, occasionally get a song that sounds right. <laughs> Better than I ever got with a guitar. I, I, I learned maybe two or three chords and I just, my hands are not dexterous enough yeah. and I've got stumpy fingers. I, I'm in Mike's camp. I have like very fat hands, so I accidentally do power chords on accident. <laughs> well, <laughs> technically all you really need are like two or three chords and then you can have an entire, you don't really need to know anything else. <laughs> That's true. I mean, there's always those jokes about like playing 80 different songs that use the exact same chord structure of four different chords. Yeah. Some bands build their whole persona off of it. ACDC. I do play a mean um, Pink Panther theme song, though. Hell yeah. On guitar? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why why have you not done that yet? Should open one of Kino's movie clubs with you playing the Pink Panther. Oh my God. She would show all of (laughs) us. I'll think amazing. about it. I'll think about it. That'd be amazing. Speaking of movie club, are you planning on bringing it back? Yes, I am, but I don't know when. I was hoping it would be this weekend, but time got away from me. I'm I just... don't... Yeah, I remember I... last time you had big plans. I don't know if I'm okay to say what they were, but... I would like to be reminded. You should tell me what they were. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> uh, they were big. They they were big, I tell you. Did you remember like, Marcelo? Yes, sounds completely. like it was in, in a no, manic you, state. 
you, <laughs> you said you were gonna have like the filmmakers of some film actually join us. Oh yeah, it I was... remember oh, yeah. about that. That yeah, was actually supposed to happen, and then I canceled because I was just too stressed and overwhelmed. But yeah, um, my that friends will fun. probably do it eventually. Yeah, that would be fun to have. Like, uh, wasn't have it for uh, the craft? No, it was holiday holiday hell. That's right. I don't know anybody on the craft. Who do you think I, I am? I, I could have <laughs> swore you said at one point you did, but that's what I, that's what I thought too. I was like, man, we're getting joined by like people of the craft, like Nev Campbell's gonna Ferugia come on. Bulk? What? Yeah, <laughs> she's Ferugia Volk makes her first like podcast appearance ever. Like that would be amazing. I oh, I would talk to her about witchcraft like crazy. I would I would only talk to her about the water boy and return to Oz. <laughs> yeah, Mike had a big crush on Ferruja Bog when I was a kid because of that movie. I uh I'm looking at it now. I wonder if we could actually get Ferruja Bog on a on a podcast. I would pay money to get her on this podcast. There's no no reason you shouldn't ask. That's true. I I will. I, I definitely will. Uh so I so besides like movies i know you're into horse riding what yes. what kind of got you into that like what you know what was like one of the things about horse riding that really kind of attracted you to I, being with it and sticking with it honestly i didn't like people that's fair that's I was, a really great why i was i was absolutely Absolutely not a. That's smart parenting right there. Definitely. You you were you were in basketball for a while. I was in all kinds of sports. I did basketball, baseball. Well, not baseball, softball, um, t-ball. Uh, yeah, I did all those things. Just imagine like the post game, and she's just like saying she's the number one person. She's the whole team. (laughs) (laughs) She has this whole ego freaking out in the locker room. (laughs) You have nothing without me. Not me. I was the one just like hiding in the corner, like, please go away. I don't like you. (laughs) Now that that I can relate to. Definitely. (laughs) I was very shy growing up. Oh god, I this (sighs) some memory popped into my head. Uh there was one this is I want to know what what you think of this on a on a a woman level, you know. When I was like nine or ten. My mom had taken me to see a movie called Dirty. She went to take me to see Dirty Work in theaters. Uh, or no, I was like six or seven. I'm sorry. So she takes me to go see it. And then we're sitting down. And then all of a sudden, this like high school girl walks up. And she tells my mom that she thinks that I'm cute, even though like I'm a young guy. And asks if, like, if I want Cheetos. Like, would you ever do something like that, Kino? If like you saw like a... Oh, no. Yeah, I don't what that that's that's the weirdest part, right? That's very weird. That sounds like child trafficking to me. Yeah, you almost got to catch yeah. a predator, yeah. but you were the victim, not the predator. Are you telling me? She was with like her, her two high school friends and we were just watching the movie and we were like rows back. That was what was weird. Like we're like two rows back and my mom's sitting down and then that little girl just comes up and she tells my mom that and I was shy, so I didn't say anything. And then she's like, "You want some Cheetos?" She like pulled Cheetos out old, really creepy, or like she was on the screen there. Uh, I think Wait. I was like six or seven. Let me look when Dirty Work came out. She might have been trying to get a a babysitting job. Uh, ninety-eight, ninety-eight. So I was seven years old. Mm. I think Kino's explanation sounds pretty plausible. That's not bad, but you, like, you don't think that she would have asked? Like, there was no mention of that ever. That... Well, in my experience growing up, like you always wanted to pretend like you were really good for the job before you asked for the job. That makes sense. <laughs> Look, I come prepared with snacks. Give yeah. me a job. You got a fat exactly. kid. Here's some Cheetos, fatty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so besides horse riding, uh, I, I know you've done. You were saying a ton of sports, but you said you were a. Uh, I know that you're a sideshow artist. Yes, and that is that I commend you for because that is awesome. I've seen some of the stuff you jump on glass. Uh, there's like there's a picture of her and there's like a band playing in the background. Uh, so I, what what are some things you do on there? And also like 
in the sideshow, when you eventually come back to it, like, what are some things that you want to do? Um, okay. This is a long answer. Um, so okay. I eat fire. I do human blockhead, which is ham- hammering nails into your nose. Man. Um, I jump in on broken glass. I escape from street jackets and chains. I do the bed of nails, a bed of blades. I do ladder of machetes. Um, I do human dart board. I do human bulletin board. Um, and basically anything else that sounds fun. You might be the most hardcore motherfucker I have ever met. <laughs> and this is why I'm not bothered about my horse kicking me in the crotch today. <laughs> I understand now. You should Damn. add that. You seriously should add that. I mean, you can only get away with that so many times in a row before something's gonna break just from the repeated trauma of being kicked in the same spot. If you have, like, yeah. a protective... Huh? You have a protective, like, shield to block your crotch. What, like those... I was wearing a helmet, but that goes on Barring diapers? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say sparring diapers? Yeah, you know, like those big, like red foam pads that you wear in boxing. <laughs> oh to yeah, your... to protect your crotch. You should do that, Keno. Just have a kicky in the crotch, and then just you have the, <laughs> the sparring. She's diapers. a side so- show performer, not a jackass star. <laughs> exactly. There's art to what I do. <laughs> Eating fire. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty fucking That's... artful. <laughs> You've never seen that, like. Like, no, I've seen eating fire. I just still it it still blows my mind because I know that there's a bunch of variables that could go wrong. Oh yeah. I actually know um people who didn't really connect with like the stuff that they were putting on their face and then they went and ate fire later and then they ended up scarring their face because it burned because oh, whatever God. they had on their face was full of alcohol. Oh no! Oh jeez! Like, so you have to be very careful about like what is in stuff. Have, have you? I'm sure you have, but have like any stunts gone wrong? Mm, not as many as you would think. Like I did like when I was on the carnival circuit, I w- was doing um glass jumping like three times a day, maybe. <laughs> and um, one day I just messed up when, during my jump and a big shard of glass just went straight up into my foot. Oh, oh. That makes me cringe. <laughs> how, how, uh, yeah, because you're jumping on real glass. It's not play glass. Yeah. It's, it's straight. It's, oh, my God. I get it from um, bartenders. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I would be screaming in such a high pitch only dogs would hear it. If that happened to me, <laughs> it just went right up in your heel or something. Oh man, it well, went up the center of my foot to like the very uh, soft spot of my soul. Oh uh, God, that does. Uh, oh, my balls are cringing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Props to you. Like, oh my God. So, so I, I did have a question about fire eating. Can you explain exactly how that works, or is that like a, a magician's trade secret that you're not allowed to reveal? I'm not a magician. I will tell you whatever you want to know. How the hell does fire eating actually work without you, you know, like burning the inside of your throat and mouth? You put it in your mouth. You don't breathe. And you close your lips. Mm. Done. Oh, gotcha. Oh, so it's just suffocating the the oxygen part, right? Exactly. You're extinguishing the flame. Damn you, science always getting the better of me. (laughs) I show is all science. That is awesome to hear. It really is. What now? Has there ever been anything like you wanted to do as a side so side side show artist that you have not been able to, or you got the no or anything? Um, I do want to do sword swallowing. It's just a very long process that I have not been able to stick with trying to achieve. But um, <laughs> long process. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Is it is it just like you have to know how to swallow it right, or is it just like you're you have to like really loosen the jowls and get the like stretching part correctly? Because I know you're just you have a you have a variety of um, gag reflexes down your esophagus all the way to your stomach. So I I want to say there's like five. So you have to control each gag reflex. How do you like prepare for that? 
swallow a bunch of stuff. <laughs> it's the best explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There are many ways that you can learn how to do this. None of them are pretty. <laughs> Here, swallow this rock. That'll help. <laughs> that's Well, ha you have to be able to hold on to it so you can bring it back up. Oh, okay, that's fair. Fine, here's a broom <laughs> handle. <laughs> Is it, does it ever touch the stomach acid? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you can have a sword that's just... <laughs> the tips <laughs> come off. Comes out you can have, like... You can have some severe damage to yourself if you do it wrong. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. That, ooh, I don't even want to think about it, though. Yeah. Like, there are some people who have, like, they, they'll swallow multiple swords. And if the swords ever split, like, in, like, a uh, kind of scissor, then, um, the PG show can get really messed up. I, I'm That's imagining cool. it now, and I probably won't sleep tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you accidentally move your neck, like, forward. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, you're. I give you props. That that is tough. You know, if somebody had told me in school that sideshow performing was all science, I probably would have a PhD in some sort of science at this point already. That's how we get is kids it? interested in that shit. That's a good point, actually. I actually, I was gonna do a show with some sideshow performers for um YouTube or something like some kind of web series where we were going to actually show the science behind sideshow, but we never. Never got it off. Did they get killed mysteriously? No, we kind of had a falling out. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> they got killed. It, I mean, I haven't heard from them in a very long time. They might not be around anymore. See what I mean? They got Marcello, killed. not everybody dies mysteriously, bud. If you're trying to expose secrets of a long tradition, yes, you get killed. <laughs> there are plenty of movies on this. Plenty of documentaries on this. Now, besides... All the stuff we've talked about, you know, I know that that's not your real name, and I, I, I'm not going to give your real name away or anything, but with it, with Kino and Kino Be Demented, not your given name, you know, what inspired you to create, like, a, a new you? Like, what are the, the origins of the name? Well, okay, so this is going to be really weird, but I wrecked my car in a tornado like in 2012 and then from there I went through a whole lot of stuff in my head and then somehow ended up in Washington State and then when I was starting to build my film career out here I realized I was like I'm a totally different person now like and I'm I'm me now like I am free I am me and like my other name which I don't really care what anyone if anyone knows it, it's Kristen, and um, it means believer in Christ. And I'm like, that's that's not me. So I'm like, let's go with Kino because I love film, and Kino is cinema in German, and I am German to some degree. <laughs> Have you thought about being like Spanish? Like, let me look for cinema in Spanish. I have. Um, this is something that I've been thinking of for like many years, like even before I was like, but like in Spanish, it's like película. Like that's that doesn't. So, Kino is just a really cool name. Kino <laughs> is good. I I do salute you on that. I like, do like that. Four letters. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to spell. <laughs> it's very memorable. From the most beautiful language in the world, German. <laughs> Actually, I love it so much. I love German, like, yeah. I do too. I I, I want to eventually learn how to speak that language myself. Mm -hmm. My, uh, I agree with you on the four letters. Growing up, my mom used to call me Koch, which is short in Spanish for Cachetone, which is chubby cheeks. So throughout like my whole young life, my mom would call me nothing but that. Never was Marcelo ever. <laughs> Why did you name me Marcelo if you're not gonna call me that? Yeah, it was. You know... <laughs> hate it i hate it so much because i still have the cheeks to this day <laughs> my parents Never. call me critter critter yeah why critter because i guess because of my love of animals i don't really know my dad started it and never stopped <laughs> <laughs> you uh i remember you saying like 
Cecil B. Demented was the way you added the B. Demented, right? Because you really oh, yeah. yes, I didn't, I didn't get into that part, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. It was I... mostly because uh, my stage name before was Hannibal, which was uh, a throwback to Hannibal. But it's like, I wanted something more cinematic because I had this idea of doing my sideshow stuff that was more relevant to like cult film and stuff but it it still hasn't really gone in that direction it's just kind of me being weird <laughs> now so from your from like your growth of like starting this new you from Kristen Dakino, like was there what was like the toughest part from from that like growth because like you you were saying you went through some stuff in your head and I obviously don't want to dig into it too much because that's your own story but like what, mind. what's one of the toughest parts do you think going from Kristen to what I came to know you as is Kino um I think it's really just like how other people see me like if people in my past or my family and whatever they don't want to call me Kino and I'm... I imagine that's kind of like how uh LGBTQ people feel a lot of the times probably even harder that is what they feel is like but I, I get just a taste of what it's like gotcha is is there like, like a um is there like a part of you or a part of like Kino or Kristen that like we have yet to see or like maybe that you're still trying to to figure out in a sense that you haven't brought to to light yet probably I don't know <laughs> <laughs> good answer like, I don't, I, I learn something new about myself every day. What's the last thing you've learned? Um, that I can get kicked in the crotch by a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Marcelo asking the hard questions tonight. <laughs> it's a hard-hitting journalism at its finest. What are the uh, the people that turn butter? Amish, that, Amish, thank you. Looking for a good Amish woman who could take a or <laughs> scratch it. Oh my! That's God. a marriage woman. <laughs> now you've you've grown like I remember you telling me how you in that period like you grew a lot in the local Seattle scene and you're and you're kind of known um, because you've done uh, fire uh, sorry uh, music videos with uh, artists called Angel Spit. Um, you know, being in the Seattle film scene like how did you go about getting your reputation was it just like going to to festivals or, or anything like that anything in particular I did everything I possibly could and had time for and I burnt out because of it so I don't ne necessarily recommend anyone do what I did but what I did is I was volunteering for the horror conventions and doing a whole lot of work for free and and no recognition or anything but I was just getting my face out there and my name and then I was doing the 48-hour film project a lot and then I was in uh, workshops going to events I was everywhere I could be I uh, I was gonna say I noticed that you had I think it was 20 16 or 17 i saw you were trying to do like a short film a week which was like this 52 short films like one a week project and i i saw that it only ended at 15 Did, were you just getting burnt out on it um yeah and that was the second time i had done it i had already done it in 2011 um and that was successful but like the last one i just kind of got tired of it i was like it didn't seem like I was getting anything out of it anymore because it's like I needed to up my game and I was doing all these things that you have to do super fast when really I need to do something that takes more time. Have Does you, that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like you've grown like since then, since either the 2011 short films or the 2016 ones? Yeah, to a degree. Like, I've... I don't know. It's kind of hard to say like definitively because I, I don't really look back at my stuff that much. But um, uh, I guess like 
I'm less afraid to approach people now about like working together or say I have an idea for something and so like I can reach out to Angel Spit and be like hey what do you think of this idea and they'll be like oh yeah that's cool let's do it nice um so in your growth like in the film scene or just even today have you ever felt like uh hindered by others at all like within the the film scene or you know in like your own life or anything like that of course people are dicks agree with you there (laughs) is is there like one instance in particular that like really stands out and you're just like fuck this person oh man i have so many so many and i am so ready to kick some ass is there one you want to air out or you're just like this energy no i don't need to it's just it's there's just like one in the horse world like there's this one person who just made me so angry and really like set me on a trajectory but actually at this point I'm like I'm really grateful that all of that turned to crap because I am doing so well right now not to toot my own horn <laughs> hey we're happy for you really you're you're a friend of the show and everything yeah. um out, outside of film and even inside like, what is something you're very proud of? All right. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, the damn Craig uh, cut off when we were in the middle of things. But um, welcome back, Kino. It's been a, it's been two seconds. But um, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so my question for you is that uh where we had cut off was when you're in your growth, like as a filmmaker, a person, um, other things in life, do you ever feel like it's hard? Has there ever been any points in there where it has been hard to say, like let go or move forward with some things? Um, I mean, kind of, it, it really depends. Like, what do you mean? Like by let go? Like of my, um, trying to think like it's more of me trying to think of how to <laughs> how to how to put what I'm uh, trying to ask. Um, by let go, say like any filmmaking techniques that you that you're just okay. like I really like how to do that, but I want to go this way. Um say in your own life when it comes to um things that you have maybe not necessary things that you have like I don't I don't want to say sacrifice but have had to not enjoy as much of um in I, order to make anything else work. I see. Um well I think well this is interesting because I actually started filmmaking with the crappiest webcam on earth like i have footage of i have these strange little short films with my webcam where i'm sitting at my desk doing stuff but it's like so i basically come from a way of thinking that i will make do with whatever i have and like yeah i i love like expensive gear and stuff just as much as the next person but I am going to utilize what I have available to me at my best possible or the best possible way I can. Um, and one one way I, I like to illustrate that in general is to be like, um, say I have a really crappy camera. And so, and I, I might not be able to make like some fancy, shiny, very slick looking film but what what could I make with that so like when I think of what I'm making I don't usually go towards what I want to make I start with the I start where I um where I am and what I have available does that make any sense I'm that no that makes a lot of sense my Um... brain is kind of like off um 
not really making a whole lot of connection right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Do you, uh, does that ever play into any of your um, story ideas? Um, regard of like the limitations for it. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, for all my short films that I've done, like all of them have had my limitations in mind. So it's like everything. If I'm gonna produce something myself. I write for what I have and what I can do. Like, I don't, I don't try to make a big dream. Like I have other films that I'm writing and stuff like screenplays and stuff, but I don't think that I'm going to be the one to make them because I don't have those resources necessarily. Or if I do make them, it's going to be way down the line when I could have those resources. But like, if I'm going to make something now, it's like, I'm going to make something that I know I can make. That makes sense. So, so to kind of go into that further, with uh, with horror you've done and things you're writing, um, is there anything that you feel like you 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 hold back on for the audience or maybe even for yourself? And you're just like, I'm not ready to to go down that road that I think this is going. Um, I like to do a lot of stuff with th- that has like some kind of social commentary towards it, but there are a lot of stories that I want to tell that I'm not sure I'm the right person to tell them at this point in time, because I haven't experienced enough um, stuff with like either that topic or whatever, even though like I could be super invested in race issues or something like that, but I don't think that I am the specific person that should be telling that story. Okay. Got yeah. Um, so why, uh, why horror? Why, why horror? Like, why the the macabre of, of everything? Horror is the best genre for getting any point across that, that could be subversive because you can tell any story, like, and you don't, you're not, like, there's really no limitations to horror. Like, you have so much freedom to make whatever. You can be surreal or realistic or... It can just be totally experimental and people could just be like, I don't understand what the heck that was, but like, they're still going to start thinking about it. And it, and if you do it right, or if you do it well, it'll get stuck in somebody's head and it'll plant a seed and it'll just keep growing and growing and growing. And then eventually people will be like, oh, that's what that was about. <laughs> I, I like it. No, and that's definitely true. I mean... A lot of like Wes Craven movies uh, are are like metaphors, and even the thing people have drawn like metaphors to other other stuff in the world. Sorry, I'm still on that brain kick as well of just uh... <laughs> back in <laughs> if... the gear is hard. <laughs> I know. Um, what? Um, so, if there wasn't horror, like what is there? Like another genre that you'd fall back on? Um, I love genres in general, like outside of your average drama and comedy so i really love action um i really want to do a martial arts film oh nice like um any any movies like in the vein that would be similar blood sport <laughs> you, you don't hate me but i've never seen blood uh blood sport oh man i am such a huge van damme fan <laughs> I think I've seen only a few of Van Damme's movies. Um, oh, yeah. I, I know. I grew up mostly a uh, like a Jackie Chan kid. I, I, I didn't end up watching okay. like Universal Soldier till I was like in my 20s. Well, go watch Bloodsport and just just go look at all of Van Damme's catalog. It's so much fun. <laughs> I okay, promise I will. Uh <laughs> with uh so we're going to go back to horses just for a second, but yeah. um I remember asking you what are some things that are misunderstood about horses and I remember you bringing up a fact that if I if I recall this correctly, horses within 4 feet of a person can hear their heartbeat. Is that right? Yes, they can hear your heartbeat from 4 feet away. And, and uh, Oh, go okay. ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I just sorry. I just wanted to ask: Is that like a a mechanism for them to like understand what's near, like so they know if they're in trouble or 
Yeah, because they're like they're herd animals and they're flight animals. So in general, like their uh flight or fight response is the response is to flee. So like I th- I think this is not any science based what's just <laughs> this isn't science based whatsoever. But um I think that part of that is to like if they are with their herd, they are more attuned to what's going on around them and each other. So if their heartbeats raise, like if your heartbeat raises, then they'll get antsy and be like, oh my god, I have to get out of here. And that's one thing that in uh, horse training, we actually have to keep in mind of our the energy that we are um, uh, projecting towards the horse like if we are super anxious our horse will be super anxious and with thoroughbreds which I have a thoroughbred who's actually an off the track uh, racehorse um, she will be super anx- anxious and like she is just an absolute reflection of whatever is going on around her okay um, what uh, so on the topic of that and go, kind of coming back to film like what are some of your like favorite movies that deal with horses um as well as what do you think are some of the most realistic when it comes to the topic of horses uh okay so i love to watch all of the horse movies they are all absolutely awful <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Is it because it's usually like, oh, we need to do this within three days, and it's about like the humans rather than the horses? Sometimes, although I really like Black Beauty, like Black Beauty and the Black Stallion were some of my absolute favorites of all time. They're very well done. Um, and Black Stallion, I think that might have been an Oscar winner. I can't uh, remember. Might have I been look photography. I will have to. I don't remember at all. But, um. Uh, the stories, the stories for most horse movies are like, we have to save the farm with this broken down horse that some girl from nowhere who knows how to, who does not know anything about horses or how to ride, she's just going to get on the horse and win this big show. And then we're going to be all happy and save the farm. And like, that's all of them. And it drives me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so one more thing, and then I'll I'll let you get, and then we'll do your plugs, and we'll let you go. Which I can't thank you enough for coming back. <laughs> but um, with with film, with um, with writing, with horses, like to you, just anything you do, whether it be online or offline, what is the one message that you like really hope to project, and that you hope people start to people understand about you or people see what you do and they're just like, you know, I get her. Mm. I want people to realize that no matter how hard they try, they're not going to limit me. I limit me and I have no limits. I like that. That's (laughs) really like that a lot. Um, all right, let's 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 uh, let's get your plugs out and everything. I got. Let's see. I know on Facebook. I don't know if you run this, but the Punk Equestrian is uh, that one yes, is yours. That is, me. That is oh. my brand, and that is like the YouTube channel of Punk Equestrian is where you can follow the training updates for my off-track thoroughbred. Yep, and then I have. Uh, let's see. We also have uh, Nito Kino on YouTube as well as Kino McFarland. Uh, NitoKino.com, KinoMcFarland.com. Uh, we also have you on Instagram and Twitter at Sinistress, D-I-N-E-S-T-R-E-S-S, uh, on Nito Kinos, where you can find all our short films and all the link to things. Kino McFarn, if you want to learn more about her. Um, I know when I was doing some uh, some research on you, I was reading your, uh, your Medium profile, which you are also on Medium. Um, what else? Is there anything else I'm forgetting? I'm all over the internet. You can just Google me and I'll just be there. so if i so what what's a search term i can just google and you'll be there kino mcfarland (laughs) okay (laughs) smart ass (laughs) (laughs) 
There you go. Just Google Keenan McFarlane and it'll show you everything. Although sometimes if you Google me, you'll find um, German film reviews of McFarland USA. Oh. We'll just put that out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's a picture of Kevin Costner. Yeah. <laughs> and a little uh, Hispanic kid, unless unless that's you. Kevin Costner yeah. or the Hispanic kid. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for redoing this. I'm so sorry. Oh, whatever. <laughs> like, Stuff happens. I know. <laughs> but anyways, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Um really just follow Kino. Oh yeah, I do. I there's there was one thing that I I plugged heavily and I I do want to plug it in. But it was your uh, your book of poetry, which is on Amazon, because I, I've bought that and I feel like more people definitely need to read it. Um, yeah, if more people buy that, then I could probably buy some coffee. Yeah, do that. If, uh, if Also, if you want to support her, I know she's on Patreon at Kino McFarland. I do have a Patreon, but it's very, very sporadic, my usage of it. <laughs> the... Uh... Yeah, I, I remember you saying you don't put too much up there. But uh, if you're not on there, uh, the book that I was recommending, it's called A Portrait of Poison. Um, it's only on Kindle, but it's only 99 cents, and it is the best 99 cents you will spend, and I promise that. Quick read, 28 pages of poetry. Highly, highly recommended. Uh, other than that, I, I have nothing to add, unless you have some final words, Kino. Uh, you can also purchase it outside of Amazon, if you wish. I'm pretty sure it's available at Barnes and Noble, um, and a variety of other ebook resources. I think you can even get it at some libraries. Honestly, really? Yes. Oh, that's I awesome. Made sure, I made sure I could get it all out there. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, definitely. I like I said, I highly recommend. Like, even though the book came out eight years ago, I highly recommend people go read it. Hey, thank um, you. Yeah, uh, with all that said, thank you everybody for joining us. We will see you next week with another episode where we act really fucking stupid. Later. <laughs>